So here's what happened is a proud member of the Why Though podcast community. In a new interview for Carolyn Talks, Carolyn speaks with Jean Yoon about her career as an actress, playwright, and activist. You may remember Jean's name because she stars on Kim's Convenience as Uma. Jean recently won the ACTRA Toronto Award of Excellence at the 18th Annual ACTRA Toronto Awards. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Jean, for speaking with me. Um, so you're receiving the Excellence Recipient Award for the Actro 20. Well, it's not the 20. I keep saying Actro 2020. It's Actro Toronto. The Actro Toronto Award of Excellence 2020. <laughs> yes, it's a mouthful. I think, I think it's that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what has this year been like for you in particular? Because Kim's Convenient has gained a lot of popularity. I was saying the last year. I'm a Kimbit. I'm a proud Kimbit. And I, I've been watching the show since it started in 2017, but it's gained a lot of steam yes in the last I was in the last year and like what has that meant for you as a performer and and as a and basically just as a woman being known for a role that like Uma I love like Uma is so I guess I think she's becoming quite legendary in her own way yeah she's uh she's uh she's a force nature Mrs. Kim is um for me as a performer it's it's been um incredibly gratifying. I've received some recognition that I never expected to receive, including this award. Earlier in the year, earlier in the fall, um, I received the Burke's Diamond Tribute, um, which was really a surprise and and so... um, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful event, and I I was really grateful because my parents were able to attend as well. Um, It's also meant that it's surprising as a Canadian artist... You know, I've been doing this for a long time. You just do your work, and then you go and you go shopping, and you take the garbage out, and you clean the kitty litter, and <laughs> you do all. Of it. Yeah. And what's weird now is that I go out. Um, I'm at on the subway, or I'm at the gym, or I'm buying groceries, and people will recognize me, and and they're so excited about the show that they that they have to share it with me, and it's it's beautiful. Um, it's sometimes overwhelming, but it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And and you also you, you mentioned the Burke's Diamonds Award, but you also like the show itself also received an award in South Korea. Yes, last year, and I I saw parts of that because I'm a huge K drama fan. So oh I do watch some of the yeah, award yeah. ceremonies, and I remember my friend was like, "Are you watching this?" She's like, "What?" I'm like, "What's going?" She's like, "They got an award." I'm like, "What?" That was and wild. That was yeah. amazing. It was yeah. it was amazing. What was really cool is they had like the because it was warm. It was August. Mm-hmm. They had the whole sort of L.A. red carpet thing where it's outdoors and this incredibly scenic place and they had the drone cameras flying in. They go all out. Um, yeah. It was, um, it was a little surreal, to be honest. It was, uh, there were all of these uh, very famous Korean actors and directors and I, I didn't... There were faces I recognized, but I... You know, I didn't know who they were. It was awful. <laughs> the names of her. Yeah, just sort of watch other other actors walk onto the to, to the red carpet, and and there were crowds there that would scream, ah! <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was quite something. Yeah, and and for you, I, I wanted to ask you particularly because you, um, I read that you studied in China mm-hmm. for a while. Like you, you you studied Mandarin and you studied, and you studied um, Chinese culture, and you went to China and you and you studied. And like you did that, that was in the nineties. No, that was in the eighties. That was in the eighties. Um, I well, actually, I worked and taught English mm-hmm. as a foreign language in eighty six, eighty seven in Yanji City, which is uh, north.
north of North Korea and is part of, it's actually the capital city of the Korean minority zone. There is a, there is a minority zone that, that, that uh, covers actually a number of provinces. So I was, um, it was a different aspect of Korean culture, but the Korean community in China, which is very strong. Um, and then I went back in 1991 and I studied, I taught and I studied at Harbin, um, in Harbin at Heilongjiang University. So for me, I wasn't sure both times really what it came down to is I had taken a good swing at acting um, in the early 80s and I'd gotten, I'd made some progress in terms of theater, but I just hit, I hit the wall and it was, you know, Gene meets wall, wall wins. So I went to China. Um, I lived in Edmonton. I lived in Vancouver. Then I ended up coming back with China, Vancouver, Edmonton, China, Toronto is was the actual order. But um, when I came back, I didn't actually expect to come back to theater and to acting, but somehow it happened. Um, and that's when I started a whole stint of cultural um, equity activism. Um, I was lucky enough to work at a place called Theater Ontario and to do as the cross-cultural coordinator, creating programming and, and resources for culturally diverse artists. And from there I ended up in, I moved into new play development as a theater producer and I ended up acting because we were developing a new Korean-Canadian play and there, there was not, we couldn't find an actor who could play the Korean mom. So I first started playing Korean moms when I was in my early 30s. Um, I feel like I've finally grown into it. Um, but that was the beginning of me kind of recognizing, oh, I really do like this still. Because mm. theater broke my heart. Oh. It broke my heart in the 80s. Like, it was it was uh, not a good climate to, to start as an actor of color, any color. It was just not a good scene. Um, but... Uh, yeah, but it's been good. Like from the from the mid '90s on, it's just been, you know, slow and steady, and it's gone gone well. And I'm just really grateful to be working. I'm grateful to still be an artist because I have seen so many artists of color um, get to a point where they just don't have enough energy to keep going because you have to pace yourself, right? Um, there's no direct path to success and stability. Um, you have to, I've had to anyway, um, deke around obstacles. Um, I'm also, you know, I've also had, I've spent periods where I was focusing on playwriting and producing plays. So most artists of color that I know wear many hats. And I feel really grateful that for now, I can just focus on being a good actor. Right. And and you mentioned like the 80s was a hard time for a- actors of color. Yes. And it's still like acting and the film industry is still hard for people of color. Yes. Whether you're an actor, a writer, a yeah. director, it's still a struggle. It's still it's still quite heard. hard, yes. But what has it been like and what, how much does it mean to you to, to, to be becoming so successful at this particular period in time where where we, I, it sounds we saw almost like a broken record talking about representation but we have to because it's so meaningful to be able to not only see ourselves but be able to talk and yes. have the freedom and be able to feel free to talk about what it means to see ourselves on screen yeah it, it, well it's it, what's great is that now there's more people to talk about it <laughs> there's, there's that in a big way um, there's 
there's so much more representation now, but it's still inadequate when you compare it to um, how many of us there are, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing about representation is that if you don't have the, the, the means, the means of production, in other words, all, all of the artists in place along the line, from producers, writers, cast, crew, actors, um, to create your own work, then you're at someone else's mercy and someone else's judgment. And the story gets warped along the way, it gets shaped, it gets influenced. So we're getting closer to that point where um, artists of color have full freedom to, to, to speak their truth. And um, I'm really proud to be part of that movement. We're not completely there yet, but we're a lot closer than we were in the 1980s when if you were if you were um, an actor of color, you were relegated to walk-on roles. It's honestly pretty stereotypical. Um, yeah, it was not good. Yeah, and, and, and going from that, because the thing with Kim's company, which is what, which is something I think makes it really unique, is because it is centered in Toronto, which is very culturally mm -hmm. diverse and ethnically diverse. Is At the beginning of the show, there were what you would call those walk-on roles, but I found that as the show has progressed, especially in the last season, like they've integrated more of those walk-on roles into like with more regular characters, yes, and yes. they become more regular characters, and yeah. you get to know them more, and that's different to what I saw growing up. Like You see yeah. one character, and that's it, and you never yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that's something really, that's one of the, the very special things things about Kim's convenience. And and with regards to speaking the truth, like, the, the characters, especially Oma and Appa, they have no problems talking about things they see from a Korean perspective or Korean-Canadian perspective. I remember in the first season, my friends and I, we joked about how much Appa would talk about the, the ja Japanese occupation mm -hmm. and how he would say he refused to drive a car that a Jap and Japanese made car. And that's yeah. something I would, we would have never seen in oh, the 90s. Oh, and it's, it's so for that's so for real I remember when I was a student and what I really wanted was television mm. um, I wasn't a student but I was still poor um, and so for Christmas my father gave me an envelope uh, with a picture of a television in it and he's it's like you and with a check and basically saying hey you buy your own TV yeah. and um but he said only one condition not Japanese <laughs> it, it that that generation was colonized by Japan right yeah. and my father was you know punished for speaking Korean when he was in school um and and the students were you know organized into sort of labor uh gangs to, to in his case they were they were they were moving boulders to to build uh, apparently they were going to the Japanese uh, were going to build an uh, uh, an airstrip mm. and all the students were hauling rocks and stuff and it was dangerous work and one of his classmates died. I mean my parents never learned Korean language Formally, so they don't actually have a formal understanding of the grammar because when they were in school, they were taught in Japanese. You know, it's very different. Okay, three minutes. And um, and also, and there's another aspect to speaking your truth. Like, I do follow you on Twitter, and oh. you are very active on Twitter. And that's one of the things with a lot of with social media is is like um, it was discussed with Teresa. It's allowing a lot of actors to interact with what you what you would call disabilities, yeah. like people who aren't in the industry. Yeah. And before, I think actors would have been, especially actors of color, would have been 
been afraid to talk about politics in a certain way. But now, like like with you, you're you, you talk about the not only Canadian but American and international um, politics. And I make I'm so angry. I'm so scared. American American uh, American democracy is crumbling. It's in it's it's actually really serious. It is, and it's going to be a ripple effect that a lot of people don't realize. Well, the ripple like, effect is going to affect all of us. The ripple effect is happening now. Yeah. I mean, it depends on where you are. If you're in if you're in the Middle East, you felt it already. I mean, there was no reason for for all of that nonsense to happen in Iran. There was no reason for Iran to be so freaked out that they accidentally shot down a civilian plane. That was entirely Trump's doing, um, and and that's just the most recent. Um, it's really frightening. He's he's um, with yeah. It's really frightening. With the with the Department of Justice caving to Trump's demands uh, and actively actively releasing criminal friends and 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 um, potentially pursuing his his political enemies. It's really quite terrifying. <laughs> Because Russia is Russia is uh, Russia is uh, attacking the U.S. through cyber disinformation, and and I don't think that like it still it still sounds like I, even as I say it, it sounds like crackpot conspiracy no, theory, not. but it's Trust not. Trust me, it's, it's it's not like we all saw how this all went down. And it's happening and in Canada too. It is like Ford. Come on now. Yeah, it's happening. Like, like, I work for I work for and the TDS, I work for the TDSB, so like I want what Ford has done with the with the the education the system I know. it affects me like directly and yeah. I'm always telling people like you people don't understand like what, like, what he did yeah. will, will have a devastating it's happening my, my son you know, the, the classrooms the class sizes are so big there's not enough room for the ki- all the kids mm-hmm. to sit down mm-hmm. there's not enough room in the class the classes were not designed to hold 40 kids no they weren't they, the kids the kids can't have a desk you've got six kids sitting on the floor and that's not good learning environment you can't learn if you're uncomfortable and if you're concerned about where someone's foot is going to be going it's ridiculous and, now, and there is the strike and you're, you have people you have teachers who can't work no. and they're not getting paid and their yeah. parents complain I'm like you no. can't complain yeah. you have no idea but I wanted my last question for you is I want to ask you if do you think that has sorry is do you think that has helped to um, embrace your your um, your identity more because I, um, I think when I first started following you you were uh, I think you were in South Korea you had taken a trip to South Korea, uh, maybe what what does what help me embrace my like, culture? Does it help you like seeing what's going on and being more being able to be more vocal about the things you believe in and being able to like play a character like Oma on on Kim's Company? Does, do you think that has helped you like connect more to your identity as, as a woman of color? Um, it's really uh, it's really satisfying to uh, embody Mrs. Kim. I've been. I've been working towards that for a long time, and I'm really grateful to be doing it. Um, I don't know if I don't know how to answer that question beyond that. It was okay. But thank you very much. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for speaking thank with you. me. Thanks. Okay.